0: Before we begin, a disclaimer. This podcast is for information only. I am not a mental health or medical professional, nor are my guests unless otherwise stated. My guests and I do not speak for or represent any recovery programs or workshops. I do not sell ads on this podcast, and I do not make any money from it. And finally, I want to warn you that some episodes May contain content about emotional, physical, and sexual abuse, which some listeners may find triggering or dysregulating. Hello, and welcome to the Loving Parent Podcast. If you're new here, this is where we explore the ideas of becoming our own loving parents and reparenting our trauma to build resilience. If you've been here before, welcome back. My name is Brita, and I'm your host. In this episode, we hear part two of Sandy's story. So welcome back, Sandy. I'm glad you're here.
1: Me too. Thank you, Brita.
0: Good. All right. We were talking last time about your very early experiences with recovery and drug recovery, a therapist who (coughs) suggested that, and that that seemed like an okay thing to do. It didn't really bother you you weren't in a lot of denial
1: no it was a relief to know that i wasn't alone in mm-hmm. my because it was secretive for me it was illegal what i was doing and right so there was a lot of secrets and then to be realized that other people had this and that there was some kind of a a solution or an answer to this was very enlightening and and it gave me it was wonderful
0: yeah so, did you work the steps? Have a sponsor? Some of those things?
1: Yes, all of those things.
0: Okay. And <clears throat> do you ever think you had a spiritual awakening? And if so, how would you describe that?
1: Well, it's very interesting because I'm um, I'm actually Jewish, mm-hmm. kind of not uh, was I wasn't brought up with any god any type of God, just more like a cultural Jewish.
0: Okay, not religious Jewish. Not religious yeah.
1: Jewish. Not okay. God. My mm-hmm. parents did not believe in God. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was, you know, it's interesting. What really happened was I was working in a company that I later found out was a, a Christian company. It, mm. it, was, it wasn't, It was most of the people were Christian that were at that company and they had a Bible study. And one day I just went out of curiosity. And it's just so interesting because that was my first real, in adulthood, that was my first real sp- spiritual awakening. I felt the presence of God. Um, my grandmother had been religious and, and lit candles on Friday nights mm-hmm. and talked about God. So I did remember that, but it just wasn't a real thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was like a, a, a very abstract concept that, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And, and in these Bible studies, I kind of did something happen and I'm not sure why, but it did. Mm-hmm. And also, I think the fact that my obsession to to use drugs ha- had been lifted, and that did give me, it, it seemed like a miracle.
0: Yeah. So those things happened about the same time, your first mm-hmm. experience at church and exactly. getting clean. Yeah. Exactly. Did you ever connect your drug use back to your childhood and any issues in your childhood? No. Okay. Did I ever,
1: you mean I, I have now, but yeah, no, no but, I had never.
0: But in drug recovery, that wasn't really encouraged and you didn't put those together. No,
1: no. Mm-mm. not at all. You know, I, I'll just say that, that most of my life, I think I had been convinced that something was just wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And
0: so did you feel was, guilty? And
1: yeah, I think that's probably part of the reason why I did drugs. Was uh-huh. because I, You know, just, just to cope with not feeling good about myself and not wanting to be myself.
0: Yeah. Okay. So how long was it from then until you got into adult child recovery?
1: Well, it's interesting because um, it was years. Mm-hmm. But because I came into the first, rec- uh, tried to get help, you know, at a kind of an earlier Age, I think I was like thirty-five or something, and then I found out about the childhood recovery um, situation. Probably about fifteen years ago was my first encounter, and I started to really explore some of the the details of that. And it was too much for me at that point. I could not. Mm-hmm. It was probably twenty years ago, and I, I could not. I couldn't. De- I couldn't co- I couldn't deal with it. It was too. Yeah, much. it made me physically ill. Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised.
0: Ill. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one. I mean i I see a lot of people even now who are coming back after a lot of years because they just couldn't deal with it at first.
1: Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what I did. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, so, and I
1: think because it was just too much of a revelation for me, and I mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to like. Comp- My only choice had I really uncovered everything was to really have nothing to do with my family and I couldn't do it then.
0: Right. Did you still have kids at home then? Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I had yeah. my first daughter when I was thirty one and my second one at forty one. So yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to do all this looking itself while parenting, especially if you've got teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was your first reaction to the laundry list when you saw it? I mean, I, oh, I, my God. it sounds like in the very beginning, it was overwhelmed. But then when you came back 20 years later.
1: Well, I think even the first time I, th- I, I related to it almost too much. And that's why I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. It was just so painful. And when I came back, I'll tell you, yeah, I I related to every single one of the the laundry list traits, every single one. Mm -hmm. And the thing that most stood out to me, though, was the word shame. Oh. Because my mother would very often, very often say, you should be ashamed of yourself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Why aren't you ashamed? You should be ashamed of yourself.
0: Yeah. Did she ever say, I'm ashamed of of you? No. Oh. Okay. But you should be ashamed of yourself.
1: Yeah. Like just a lot of shame like t- just to to convince me that there was something so wrong with me. Mhm. And it was no reflection on her because remember she's perfect. Right. So it was just me. It was my problem. Yeah. It had nothing to do with her. Yeah. That's so how was- statistic she was.
0: Oh yeah. Was there another trait that you particularly related to besides the shame?
1: Uh, the abandonment. Mm. I mean, I, I relate to all the traits. Um, yeah, I'm definitely addicted to excitement, um, the fear, afraid of authority figures, afraid of what people think of me, judgment and the criticism. I don't I don't have them right in front yeah. of me, but um, I know. I, yeah, I relate to all of them very much. So, yeah.
0: Okay, and what was your reaction to the solution and to the idea of reparenting?
1: Well, my reaction was I was ready to. I, you know, I came up about it through somebody in a different recovery situation had mentioned it to me, and you know, I had kind of shut down from it. But for some reason, this person had some validity to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seemed credible, and and so I I tried. Uh, this approach and yeah from the minute that I that I came in it was kind of like I could breathe you know I felt Uh like I could just breathe I just felt like I just related to so much that was written there was I just it was like a a, it was like the entire puzzle just kind of came together like in right you know it was like this is where I belong you know
0: Right. Yeah. That's what I had to, uh, first time I read the laundry list, I thought somebody has been following me around and Mm -hmm. writing down everything I do. Mm -hmm. And then to know that other people related to it too. Oh my God. What a relief. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just to know, you know, was the main thing for me was to realize that there was nothing wrong with me. Yeah. You know, that I'm okay. And that I, you know, I, it was them, not me. Mm -hmm. Right, and so that's a huge epiphany to have, you know it, mm-hmm. it's a huge you know it was it was just it was a relief, and it just made me you know feel so much better about myself, and I felt like there was just hope you right know, for me to learn how to live my life in a different way, you know with yeah. not not constantly judging my, and that critical the critical parent that was so. Mm -hmm. live in me like it was just haunted me and yeah didn't need to have that right you know i I don't allow it i don't allow her in there yeah
0: i know once i realized that i could get rid of that oh that was such a relief to just be able to recognize whose voice that was in my head and say get out of here
1: Mm -hmm. i don't want
0: you here right now i'm doing this and such
1: it's vigilance. I mean, I have to be very vigilant with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Less and less.
0: I think so, too. Yeah. After a while, this becomes habit or, you know, as the neuro- neuroscientists are now telling us, we have these neural pathways that are ingrained in us from birth and generally are trauma responses that we learned. And we can unlearn those. We can uh, develop new neuron pathways.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, because I I wasn't aware that I was so judgmental and critical of myself for mm-hmm. no reason.
0: Yeah, a lot of people report kind of a feeling of defrosting of their feelings or mm-hmm. their memories. It, what was your experience with that?
1: Um, you know, I've I think I've I have really forced a lot of them. Sometimes they come up um, randomly. Uh, mm-hmm. just something will remind me of something that happened, and I'll remember. And, um, and I think I used to not want to entertain those thoughts, but now I do want to entertain the thoughts. Now I want to remember now I want uh-huh. to know what happened. And so th- my memories are definitely coming, coming back. Cause I, I didn't have any memories, really um, very few memories of my childhood.
0: Wow. Have you been able to talk about your recovery and the memories and things you've learned with anyone in your family?
1: It's very interesting because my older daughter is a therapist mm. and she, she works for a chi- CPS child support services. Yeah. And, um, what we were very close. We were very enmeshed, I would say. And, um, right. she would call me, she worked in the emergency in like where they, where they actually go into the homes and take children. Oh, out uh-huh. and, yeah. Know. That was kind of her first job there. And so she would call me and, and tell me what happened. And suddenly it was like, that happened to me. It was so triggering because Uh then I remembered, you know, here she is going in with the police about things that I went through. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I met, you know, I would say that to her. Yeah, oh, my my God, it's like I went through the same thing. You know, it was mm-hmm. so weird, and and then it, it became kind of hard because she just really wanted to talk to me. She wasn't there to hear my right my, my stories. I mean, and, yeah. she, and you know, she had experienced my parents too in in and she knew who they were. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So you know, I've had to really. Not talk to her about it. My older sister is just um, very damaged and mm. has a lot of mental illness, and she she actually became violent with my mother, and we ended up in in court. Oh boy, uh, child uh, in family court in Orange County. Yeah, my mom had to take her to court, and so I can't talk to her about it. I mean, she 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 refuses to even talk to me. Um, she just completely. Um, left the fa- you know left the family pretty much right no you know i really there was really no one left my parents had burned a lot of bridges we had a big family and my parents had burned a lot of bridges in the family oh. I found out and so i'm not even in touch with with heart with anybody
0: so aunts uncles cousins nope. nobody like that wow no.
1: they knew yeah i feel like they knew oh i had one cousin i had one cousin who i who lo- she loved my parents but mm-hmm. partly because they were, they were, they were part. My father was a drinker. And he was a party. We always had parties, so there was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. She wasn't their daughter, you know, and, right. and it was difficult because I did try to talk to her about it, and um, you know, I, I always, I felt, I felt, I felt guilty every time I would leave her house because yeah. like, the, the Pandora's box would open, and it was just uh you know, yeah. So no, I, I stick with. Um, therapists and, um, you know, uh, pro, you know, other people who have similar uh, right. situations as I do.
0: Right. Fellow travelers, as Fellow we say. Fellow
1: travelers, exactly.
0: Yeah. So tell us about some of your first realizations in early adult child recovery, realizations about yourself, maybe the patterns that you could see in your life patterns that you had repeated
1: um, I think I there was some of that you know some of that judgment and criticism that my parents had that I mm-hmm. kind of had towards myself and others.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I I noticed that um, the fact that I um, have a hard time with all relationships. Yeah, you know fr- friendships, w- women and men. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I have a f- I have a fear of people. I'm afraid of people. Right. Which I never really realized. um, Yeah. More and more that I'm very highly sensitive. I Mm -hmm. didn't know that, but I am. Yeah. And now I kind of know why I am. Um, Do you think you were born that way
0: or this was a result of your childhood? Excuse me. Do you think you were born highly sensitive or was this something learned in your childhood?
1: I don't know. I, I, I would say that um, probably a little bit of both, but I mean Mm -hmm. the way that my mother badgered me and physically and emotionally and, you know, and then I was afraid to be in school because I was so lost. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that time they didn't really, they weren't really nurturing in school. They weren't trying to find other, you know, alternative programs for me or anything like that. Right. So, you know, I I became sensitive to feeling like I was really stupid.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that have meant the most to you in adult child recovery? Some of the tools that you've picked up and started using?
1: Well, I really do love the inner child work. That's been wonderful for me. I love it. I am very um, more and more aware of how I talk to myself of that child that's inside me. I try to be kind, kinder to myself because I know that there are inner children in there that are, that are hurt. I just, huh, I mean, I, I can't even say enough about how the work just helps me to feel like I'm not alone,
2: mm-hmm.
1: to feel like other people have experienced what I've experienced. You know, when my mother died, I was just so happy. And that was yeah. just a really strange feeling in society most uh-huh. people, you know, love their mothers. I, I mean, that was my idea. I think that most people love their mothers. I could be wrong, right. but you know, yeah. I've heard people speak re- very uh, in a very endearing way about their mothers, uh-huh. not in not around this situation, but out in the world. And, right. Um, so you know, when my mother died, and when people would even say to me, "Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry," you know, and I'm thinking, "Oh my God, I'm so happy." Yeah. And, and that was just. You know, it's it's a sad reality, but it's also I I the, I have a reason to feel that way, and I don't have mm-hmm. to feel guilty about it, right? Because I, I had feel a, it, and I would normally feel guilty.
0: Yeah, I had a friend in early recovery whose mom died, and she was just gleeful. Okay. And every year, for many years, on the anniversary <laughs> of her mom's death, she would call me, and she'd go,
1: "She's still dead." <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how i feel and my dad yep. too i'm just so happy that two of them are just puff you know they're gone yep. just oh gone. god they just didn't bring me any like there was just like no there was so little yeah good in it it was just all a competition of just who's better and we're better and you're not you know and it just never stopped yeah, know, so I, that, you know, that's been really nice. The freedom to like even laugh about it right now. Yeah. You know, my truth and, and to be mm-hmm. able to tell it and, um, you know, and also just, um, the, jur- you know, the, 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 the journaling that I do, the, um, <sighs>
0: yeah, I found writing to be really, really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. And all the self care, I don't feel guilty about any of that, like I can treat myself really well, you know in within my means, and I can treat myself well and just be happy that i that i that I do that and that I deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've worked really hard all my life, and you know, I don't have to just sit in the corner and not do nice things for myself. I can do nice things for myself and, and yeah, and so that there's a freedom in that um
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Just a freedom to feel like I don't have to be as dependent on what other people think. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. Are there any particular authors or maybe YouTube personalities that you've listened to about adult children issues that you particularly like?
1: Yeah. I like Claudia Black. Mm Mm-hmm. I I like the uh, writings of Pete Walker. Yes. And... I like Marianne Williamson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like Melody Beattie. Mm-hmm. I like. There's a there's a, a amazing guy on YouTube. I've actually seen him in person. His name is Kyle Cease. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily you know about adult children, but it's it's um it's just about loving. It's it's like loving. He was a stand up comedian and mm. he became like a um, I don't know what he is, but he just. Talks about reality, living in the moment, right, and you know, accepting what is, and 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 not worrying about what everybody thinks, you know, that kind of thing. He he's just wonderful, and I've seen him several times in person, and and he's funny, and he is very insightful. And Louise Hay, I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I have a whole. A whole bookshelf full. Love, huh? Yeah, and I do love Lucia Capaccione, the one who um, does mm-hmm. the non-dominant handwriting. Right. Um, I've been very lucky to actually have had her as a therapist.
0: Oh, wonderful.
1: Yeah, and she's yeah. been amazing for me, and she's just such a an amazing person. She really is. And yeah, um, so I've learned a lot. I, I've come really far with her because I'm I'm creative too, and so is she, and so. We do a lot of art. We did a lot of art therapy together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. And even the founder, you know, um, let me see. Oh, Gabor Mate. Oh, yeah, Mate. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like him. And, oh, the, I like the books on the Body Keep score.
0: hmm
1: Yeah, there's so many on, on self-compassion. There's a woman named uh, Kristen Nuff, and she, mm-hmm. she, she does this uh, fear of self-compassion.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard her interviewed on a couple of other podcasts. She's amazing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's, you know, there's lots more, but I, you know, those are. Yeah. Those are ones that have
0: been really important in your recovery. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I've gotten like, I've gotten really good chunks of information that I, that I use Mm -hmm. that have really helped me to grow in that, you know, Lucia has really helped me a lot.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. So do you think you've been able to pass on any of these reparenting lessons to your kids? Yes. Yeah? How mm-hmm. so?
1: Well, I took them both to see Kyle Cease. Mm-hmm. And also just the way I talk to them, you know, and, and the way that I'm, the way that they, they see me taking care better care of myself.
0: Good. Yeah
1: yeah and that i'm not so enmeshed in their business and that i have much better boundaries that's been right. a good thing too the boundaries like i've really learned boundaries and the who i go to you know choose the people that i go to i, I used to kind of go to my you know my kids came to me and i went to them right just like, was not really healthy my younger no. daughter has much better boundaries from the jump but and i my older daughter we were we were um very enmeshed so um and we're not now but you know i think we're getting to a healthy respect of each other and i uh, yeah and i feel like um i talk about not a lot but i mean little little nuggets that i'll say and Mm -hmm. just the difference in the boundaries
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i always say our children are our teachers and they should never be our parents right (laughs) Sometimes I I know I've done that to my kids and I have to really step back when I do. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything that you'd like to tell the listeners about your recovery? Anything that stands out as just really important to you, something you wished everybody knew?
1: Well, I do wish everybody would know that it's not an overnight fix. Mm -hmm. It's slow, but it's steady. And that we're worth it. I'm worth it. You're worth it to do it, to, to learn how to love ourselves and not have, be dependent on the love and the admiration or any of that of, of somebody else. Yeah. That if I, you know, that, that is the goal here right. to, um, to realize that at certain points in my life, I was in shock. With some Mm -hmm. of the things that happened to me. And at those ages, those are my inner children, and that I can recognize that. And, you know, it's a very abstract concept at first. Mm -hmm. Uh, It sounds kind of, you know, weird and.
0: Yeah, kind of woo (laughs) woo.
1: Yeah, kind of woo woo with stuffed animals. But yeah, Uh but, you know, just to let my hair down and to like just surrender. And, you know, why not try it if, if, and, and for many, uh, for many people, it, it works. And yeah. it's just having an open mind and an open heart and a desire to like feel better.
0: Right. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sandy, for being and with yeah. us and sharing your story I know when I've heard you speak before that people have told me afterwards they got so much out of it. And I'm really grateful that you were here to share it with our listeners.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Thanks for joining me for this episode. It was produced by me, Brita Firm, and edited by Vaughn David. Our music is by Emmanuel Wild. If you like what you heard, please leave a positive review and tell a friend. Also, tap subscribe and notifications so you won't miss a single episode. Remember, as you walk your reparenting path, you can take your time. You deserve all the love you want. And my love goes with you.